And we're live on another episode of Wack Attack. Hopefully you guys like our, our new layout. What do you think about it, Wally? Uh, absolutely love it. Having a, a nice white canvas for all of these opportunities for us to discuss is, is pretty uh, pretty nice. I agree. Plus, you know, nobody looked really flattering leaning back <laughs> in the couch. Yeah. Also right. not, not that comfortable, the couch either. And, uh, uh, you, know, you know, the couch didn't turn at all. So now when somebody's talking to your left, I can go, oh, oh, hello, look. Not yeah. like, uh. Oh, I took a Viagra, got stuck in my throat. My neck's been stiff for hours, right? That's very true. You know, yeah. Uh, a little Austin Powers quote for you guys there. But, uh, you know, excited to just be you and I today. Yeah. Chat uh, some. Uh, chat some AI, machine learning. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a lot of folks out there with chat GPT who are, you know, all about the buzzword of AI. But you've been working in the cloud for... Uh, and, and it basically networking infrastructure and architecture and, and microservices uh, Last since early 2010. Yeah. 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 Uh, probably even um, uh, mid 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. 2005, 2006 when I really started to get into it. Is I mean, is this um, is this just like a nice uh, sort of bubble right now that people are excited about it with the buzzword? Or has this got some pretty, you know, a good head of steam in your opinion? Uh, a combination of both. Um, I definitely believe there is a, you know, a lot of allure around uh, ChatGPT. I, I think they've figured out how to package this up in a way that is not overly complex for most people to utilize. Um, where, you know, beforehand, even, you know, a couple of years ago with the different GPT models, um, you'd have to go into the sandbox and you'd also have a ton of additional filters to, um, you know, kind of control your output where a lot of that extra additional complexity is taken away from you. Um, but again, you know, having that extra control is really important. Right. Yeah. And so that that complexity being taken away is like a nice chat interface for those of you who don't know chat GPT is yet. Um, where have you been living under a rock? Uh, but uh, long story short, if you don't know what it is, uh, go to openai.com, click try up in the header. Uh, and it's basically like a chat prompt tool. You can type it in a question and it'll give you back a nice response. Uh, so let's talk about this. A lot of people are going to think this is AI. What is this actually? Is this a, a version of machine learning, Wally? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, most AI is kind of classified under machine learning um, at its core. Um, and yeah, with this one, NLP. Nat natural um, language processing. Correct. For those of you who are curious out there. About it. Yeah. And specifically, it's a language learning model, correct? Correct. Yeah, so part of its data sets, 60% uh, common crawl data. Um, and then don't quote me on the rest of these ones, but um, a lot of national archives, um, a, a lot of book databases, so um, different pieces of literature that have been uh, collected. Again, you know, people, right. uh, when they win wars, though, they, you know, they just they destroy a lot of things. So we don't have, you know, every single piece of uh, knowledge, you know, that's ever been um, recorded. But, you know, we do have quite a bit. There are all... There are a lot of other AI um, solutions out there, right? right? China's got some pretty amazing technology, but no one's really going to be able to see that from the United States anytime soon. And it's all getting trained on TikTok data. So let's let's dive into this a little bit deeper. You know, the the context of chat GPT in my mind is really interesting. It's sort of the first take that the public's ever had at getting to see, you know, uh, some type of machine-based intelligence. Now, uh, AGI is a term that's thrown around of people in the industry. That's artificial general intelligence. And that's what you see in the movies. You know, a robot who's intelligent, who can understand strategy and context and, you know, can really start to understand the human psyche beyond just, 
you know, what words are. Cause if you fed it, you know, words and comedy, it might think you're mean or racist or something yeah, like and, that. And again, everyone trains their models in different ways. Uh, rewards. I mean, just like humans, uh, we have a reward system in training those models. So, you know, you do a good thing, you get rewarded for it. You know, um, with the uh, AGI, you're going to get uh, more adaptive learning, um, being able to pick up on additional sensor information from the surroundings um, and then do, you know, computation at scale that is right. pretty impressive. Now, so the difference between chat GPT and artificial general intelligence is artificial general intelligence. It really it doesn't exist uh, that we're publicly aware of, in the, you know, in the marketplace. Yeah. You know, the the sort of the gap between the two is the language learning model is a machine learning model. It's obviously predicting the probability of one word being next to another word Correct. Uh, as it has been trained on the open Internet. Right. Since yep. June of 2021. Now, the difference between artificial general intelligence, I, I would assume, is probably going to involve some type of neural network. They're, they're typically always going to be. Uh, right. Yeah. With and can nets. you explain to people what the difference between a neural network is and the language learning model? Or and a language learning model. Yeah, I think that uh, looking it up on Google for somebody would do a little bit of a better job. I don't want to misquote myself. Um, right. And then obviously with uh, neural nets, you know, there's so many different subsets. You know, convolutional neural nets and different. They, I mean, you can go down a massive rabbit hole uh, to explain it easily. Is a little on the. I've heard the analogy like imagine you are you know, drawing a line on a, uh, on a plot graph, right? It's X and Y coordinates for your axes, right? Um, that's the language learning model. That's, you know, basic machine learning. It's a couple variables, right? And it's just looking for the probability of an outcome happening. In the case of ChatGPT, one word being next to another word, right? Uh, very simple, dumbed-down terms. Trust me, there's a very more scientific way to explain that. But the neural nets I, I articulate as introducing a y-axis to the plane yeah. which is depth so you're looking not only for the probability of two things being correlated but then you're looking for depth and relationships between topics or subjects or inferences and that's really where that you know artificial general intelligence comes into play right yeah and that's the big thing for me that i think you know folks need to maybe consider is we're looking at a language learning model with ChatGPT that's really, really, really cool for the context of like light, light, lightweight research, which, by the way, can produce wrong results sometimes. Yeah. Or rewriting stuff to have a better tone or different personality. Correct. Um, or to do some comparisons, like compare Lululemon's last quarterly results to Correct. that of you know one of its competitors. You know, it yeah. can it can do that stuff really, really nicely. Correct. But where, in your mind? does the technology need to get developed to get it to the point where we have artificial general intelligence, where we have a robot that's maybe considering strategy or the depth yeah. and humanity beyond the, just words? This is definitely uh, a hot tub type conversation. Um, you can <laughs> definitely go, go off the deep end on this one. Um, no really, it, yeah, I, I don't know the right way of kind of answering this one. Um, again, I would look at just, uh, natural language processing is just one level um, or like even, you know, it's it's one type of fish in the sea. So um, it, 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 don't get me wrong. It's it's going to be an extremely powerful tool overall. But, um, you know, you've got open computer vision. We've got other technologies that are in place um, that are also, you know, making a meaningful impact in people's lives on a daily basis uh, from, you know, cancer screening, all these different types of, you know, baseline recognition of, you know, objects, you know, patterns. Um, it's something that we're seeing in every industry, but yet, 
something something that has a headline that you know you can cheat in school just you know sign up here you know you can take the easy road out sign up here i mean if this is like a cheat code just got unlocked everyone's going crazy about it it's yes it's going to be groundbreaking but it's also been groundbreaking for a little while um i think there's also it's kind of like you know back in the day the internet was really you know federal research educational institutions sharing information right when everyone became their own self-publisher <laughs> right with the internet yeah make a website publish yeah. whatever you want so i i look at that in in that type of degree uh will ai be around for the long haul absolutely have we been using ai daily um in if you use google products you're utilizing some type of machine learning in your day-to-day activities and it's just not publicized and wrapped up in this pretty little package like chat gpt like is. chat gpt is and correct. that's why people are having sort of an existential crisis i mean i'm not gonna lie yeah. the first time i played with that i kind of had a little bit of an existential crisis not in relation yeah. to um oh man i'm done or like my technical skill sets are going to be hindered but i thought to myself yeah. okay time to pivot time to retool time to relearn time to figure out like what does the next 15 20 years look like for this and the way that i'm approaching it is Okay, a language learning model is cool, but it produces a lot of errors. Correct. It has a certain way that it writes unless you are very good at prompting it how to write certain ways. Which it, it, you do have to become the king of the prompt, and I do not want to interrupt you. So right. keep, keep rocking yeah, this. Yeah, you have to I become wanna, the king oh, of the yeah. prompt. But then the other thing, too, is um, machine learning, is, you know, a lang- language learning model is a subset of machine learning, right? Mm-hmm. Now, machine learning is a component of a group of components which make up artificial intelligence, right? And so I see it like this. The artificial general intelligence is really what I'm I'm looking at. Like, okay, what is the flow or what is the trajectory of that? And I think to myself, okay, robotics has to be a thing. Uh, uh, Boston Dynamics just published a video of a robot, uh, you know, doing some construction stuff and then doing some flips and, you know, jumping yeah. up and down things. But what was really interesting about it was it was slow. Like it didn't process at the speed a human would process, which yeah. is, you know, like snap, 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 snap instantly. Yeah. But then if you look at us versus a cat, you know, we're, we're super slow. We're su- right. Right. So, we're super slow. So I'm looking at it and comparing comparing it to humans. Yeah. So the robotics are there functionally for movement. Yeah. But the speed to where you would have what you would feel like a normal, authentic human interaction. Yeah. I, and I think mean, the, the human body's done a great job, you know, in creating itself. But I mean, right now we're typically looking at what um, um, the pressure lines, um, uh, uh, hydraulics. Okay. Uh, you're typically looking at hydraulics. There's going to be some, you know, lag in that. The computational side, you're still going to be running into memory constraints and like read-write the network again think about it as like our office you got a you know yeah. 100, 100 gig switch and this is yeah. really interesting because moore's law um is no longer a thing that com- computational power is doubling at a rate of every 16 months moore's law was that uh the computational power uh, essentially I'm, I'm i'm saying this in layman's terms but yeah. you know it basically doubles every 18 months right yeah but, but we're running into quantum entanglement and bit flipping at a high rate once we go past what you know i think five nanometers uh or four nanometer. There, there's a certain uh, nanometer chipset size uh, for your SOCs that um, you know we're not going to be able to get there right now. Um, now there's certain different, or there's other technologies that are um, in place 
that right. different organizations are looking at to, you know, get away from silicon. Um, but yeah, I mean, there definitely there's some constraints of physics within this. So that's just the robotics side. But then I also look at it like there's other um, sort of categories of machine learning that have to be developed for that artificial general intelligence. Uh, obviously, folks who are out there driving their nice Teslas around, that one's uh, one that is very important, right? Um, uh, computer vision is an easy way to yeah. put it, right? Where it is effectively assessing all of the things that that camera sees. Classifying them, giving them a, predic- a prediction score. Correct. Doing path planning. So where that where they think what that is the person's trajectory going. Of that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of math being done on the fly. 100%. Now that's yeah. just for vision. Just for vision. All right. So we've kind of touched on robotics. We've touched on vision. A language is basically chat GPT, right? That's Pretty just much. that's just what it would speak. Yeah. Right? But its ability to interpret, right? Uh, trying to use this in like everyday practical um, technology that people would be able to relate to. Yeah. With, you know, the, the computer vision models like Tesla has to the robotics like Boston Dynamics has. Artificial general intelligence is a collection of all of those. And generally speaking, when you hear people talk about AI, I I assume that's what they mean, where the the depth is of its intelligence is not just probability, yeah, but it's um, like connectiveness and being able to understand and then being able to feel very human. Correct. And I also think you know if you're looking at it like looking at Teslas, for example, I mean they have kind of a, um, a cyber collective of devices that are streaming real time information back to the mothership um, and they're able to do predictive analysis on that data. They're able to do a ton of other different things with that data. But um, now think of, think of if every person's phone was recording at every second and then all of that data from every person's, you know, devices being fed up to some, you know, centralized organization that's capturing this data and then providing real-time feedback on that data. Yeah, so let me so, put this so in. you're adding. Does that make sense? Yeah, let me let me put this into uh, practical words for those of you out there who might not be technology enthusiasts but who are interested in AI. Imagine you plugged a cord into your brain and you got to download the experiences of your dad, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, or whomever, right? Your brain capacity and your life experience, you would think, would double or triple or quadruple based off how many people's, you know, experience you download in your brain, right? Imagine doing that, but for every person driving every Tesla across the world. Okay, that's basically the intelligence that the uh, vision processing of a Tesla is going to have. Yeah, And, and again, they are obviously, you know, taking that data and making models off of it. Um, but I also do, I, I, we've seen this as it's been a pretty big industry, though not a lot of people talk about it, but uh, the data brokering services uh, where, you know, X organization captures this amount of data on, you know, this segment of customers and they go sell that. <laughs> you yeah. know, we're going to start seeing that more and more with machine learning technology companies in the future of just, you know, selling these pre-made models or, um different solutions to solve a problem, right? Yeah, it's going to kind of become standard, you know, when you're in the land of digital marketing or in the land of operational technology, you're going to be thinking about like, uh, okay, you know, the new feature set uh, when you go to buy software is going to be, well, 
do you have a model for customer service or do you have a model for, um, you know, product recommendations that's for my niche or my industry, et cetera. And I think that that's uh, important to take a look at considering like that, that is the future. So as we get into, you know, maybe discussing, you know, some of the business side of things too. And does the business side get more personal? Because, you know, are we going to hit this ramp period in like 10 years when most of our current business communications is done via an AI and people are out looking for the white glove concierge service where they're not just talking to a model, they're talking to humans. Is that, do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays into the future. Uh, well, see, this is, this is sort of the paradox I believe we're in, which is the future of like uh, consulting or, you know, um, any type of high level corporate management, I believe is, you know, being the gap where you need to be human, you need strategy, you need alignment and execution. Where the current state of AI is, is we have all of these independent machine learning categories, computer vision, language learning models, etc., that are all largely independent of each other. And they're not, they're not integrated on a mass scale that's available to the public at all. And so what I look at here is I go, okay, we're really going to see tools that are going to increase productivity and they're going to um, increase output, but they're not going to provide strategy, you know, um, thoughts that are at the front of the market, et cetera, because it's all trained on what data has happened in the past. Correct. Exactly. And that's where that real time does come into play. Right. And that's where I think there's a lot of opportunity right now for tech startups, um, especially in, you know, and I don't want to say ride the coattails of um, opening eye, but but that's always what it is. It was big data and MarTech and, but, you know, social media and in early or late 2000s. And now it's but hooking, yeah. hooking up um, OpenAI's models um, and that entire repository of all the common crawl data, all of their language data, right? Um, and then input your own company's proprietary data, right? Now you're starting to ask relevant questions and the model has access to your data. It changes the game, right? You can, you can now ask this, you know, AI questions about your data. And I think that's a really good point because organizations are going to have to think about what is my organizational health? What is my operational health? You know, how disciplined have we been in document management or detailing our organization or recording customer uh, service records, et cetera, because all that data is now going to be fuel that you can apply to whatever integration of a machine learning subset you would like to do whether that's a language learning model or a computer vision model or you know any of the other different derivatives that are going to fall in Um, but like really practical applications that i see in the e-commerce landscape are going to be i mean they're already here but like product recommendation engines is a huge one and they are already here but i think what has really been so polarizing is that chat gpt interface so simple right you know when we consult Folks don't understand how much went into that. Yeah, but I mean, less is more in that. But it's, it's it's freaking amazing. Yeah, you can go and type in whatever you want, and it gives you a response. 
yeah, there's there's a lot of benefit between that or with that user experience. But you know, a lot of companies and we've consulted with them. You know, we've pushed a lot of people. You know, Weights and Bias is a great platform uh, for organizations to build their own models, test and and evaluate data. Right, um, run these models and and see what new things you can uncover from your treasure trove of you know terabytes worth of metadata. Right. Absolutely. And I think about it in the context of think about how are you going to take away easy to answer repetitive mundane tasks. So, for example, people always say customer service, and that's because most customers, I believe, are not willing to put in you know a minute or two of work to look up an answer that the content might actually exist online should they ask. My thought process is if you can train your machine learning model for customer service on that, you'll be good to go, right? It, you could just, hey, I uh, can't figure out why order XYZ was missing package X. And it's like, well, because it doesn't fit in that box. Like, yeah. And and there's already, you know, tools out there that have analyzed, you know, Zendesk customer data and will literally put FAQs based on a year's worth of data together. And it works outstanding correct because now you're saving human human hours you know human capital uh, costs because you predicted what they wanted and so i always think about like when an organization asks us hey how can we adopt ai how can we adopt machine learning really when they say how can we adopt ai what they're asking is how can we adopt you know available whether they're premium or whether (sighs) they are um uh free and open source models to perform a very specific task, right? A specific task, product recommendations, a specific task, customer service, yeah. a specific task, internal corporate wiki. So you guys have all yeah. these documents in your process and how things work. An employee could go, how do I submit uh, a request for time off, right? And it just goes, do-do-do. To submit a request for time off, you have to, you know, go into whatever your HR platform is, request yeah. time off, wait for it to get approved. You know, these types of things, the mundane work, Correct. what I'll call operational overhead to run your business, yeah. those are the most practical applications for AI right now as people know of it. So true. So true. Couldn't agree with you more. And then it seems to be that you need to either be selling a product or have a product that you can integrate with some type of model because if you're selling products e-commerce there's plenty of options we've already talked about that yeah but like for example if you're building a car and you're tesla and you want full self-driving right you're sort of packaging that up as a new feature a set ahead and i think that's a really good point to you know just sort of hit on for for business owners who are thinking about hey how can i get ahead of this how can i adopt it think about it like this uh a does your how much data does your business produce if it's not a ton in gigabytes if it's not measured in gigabytes you're probably going to have to be buying a platform or some type of tool that you know you can integrate with you just don't have enough data to get it trained up but if you're producing you know a large amount of data hundreds of gigabytes maybe even terabytes you know you're you're probably going to be approaching something substantial if you're approaching you know terabytes of data a day yeah you should definitely be talking about you know machine learning for optimizing some t- something operationally correct yeah the i mean the opportunities uh, with the amount of data organizations have the amount of opportunity goes up you know in line right so um your background at work 
you help integrate a lot of uh, microservices, which for like layman folks out there is basically like technology infrastructure platforms is really what they're kind of classified as. Yeah. And so think about it like you go to the mall and you can go to 50 different stores, right? Think about the cloud as going to the mall and there's 50 different stores, except each store is a different service in the cloud. So one might sell you shoes, one might sell you clothes, one might sell you food, right? But in the cloud, one might control who logs into your app, you know, your app. Correct. One might control where the files for your website are stored. Absolutely. One might control, um, you know, maybe your your private network at your office, yep. right? So uh, that's a very good analogy. So what are the three lo- uh, biggest cloud platforms? Because I want to talk a little bit about some of their capabilities for the folks out there who might be looking to understand what they can do. Yeah, so uh, in the United States, um, so just, again, speaking United States only, um, Amazon Web Services, uh, Google Cloud, um, IBM, Oracle Cloud, um, Azure. You uh, know, there's there's some pretty solid um, players in the space. Yeah. And let's talk the top three players, Google Cloud Platform, Azure, mm-hmm. and AWS. Yeah. Where is sort of each one of them at with a artificial intelligence and machine learning? Well, I would say that uh, Google's definitely early to the game. Um, they have developed quite a few um, applications that they have um, in the space. For example, um, uh, TensorFlow right off the bat. So that's a you know machine learning um, application similar to like PyTorch. Um, things like those are two of the big, you know, front runners, but you know, they've always had a culture of, uh, organizing this world's information in, you know, uh, that's Google cloud platform calling you right now. And they're saying, Hey Wally, thanks for giving us a shout out and talking about our great AI Um, continue. Yeah. Google's definitely, um, you know, been there pretty pretty early um but so is amazon um amazon you know has had to utilize machine learning in so many aspects of their organization from retail to all of their other investments same with uh, google so google's been able or alphabet has now been able to take uh, machine learning really you know put that into its portfolio of organizations um to give them that competitive advantage you know they've what DeepMind um is is a good acquisition from uh from alphabet that was early i believe um. Yeah, I think also just kind of a culture around how to you know solve for X more efficiently at Google. So what I kind of hear you saying here, because we've only touched on Google, and, but and they also have their own hardware. Okay, so here's another thing: when it comes down to uh, running oh, your oh, models, hold, hold okay, yeah. we'll we'll get to the hardware. You only talked about Google, but what I hear you saying is when we are looking at cloud platforms. Really, cloud platforms for folks who might not understand the historical context, they were largely created out of the operations that major tech businesses used to run their organization. Correct. So you really got to think about which tech company does your business best align with. Correct. And they're probably going to have the best AI and machine learning yeah. services out there that you could use. Would you agree that that's a fair statement? I would. I would also say like, you know, Google has kind of been, in my opinion, a front runner, you know, early on. But Amazon has a lot of capital and they are not 
backing off from throwing a lot of money in. So, for example, they have some uh, Graviton, which is one of their um, uh, new products, really going to help uh, increase um, machine learning workloads, right? Um, Google's been doing the same thing with their Tensor uh, chips as well, right? They have put a lot of money into their programs and, and have for some time. Yeah. Now, what about the other two cloud platform, major cloud platform providers? Let's talk about I, a, a, Let's talk about Azure, and let's talk a little it, bit deeper about Amazon. Azure, uh, Microsoft made a great investment with OpenAI. Um, I think they're going to ride the coattails off of them for some time. And, they have, and OpenAI is the company that uh, created ChatGPT. Correct. I do not have the same familiarity with the machine learning capabilities of Azure to the same degree that I have with. Um, you know, running Jupyter Lab on GCP and um, AWS. Now, is that because they just historically haven't necessarily been up to par? Uh, cost has been one of the big uh, plays. Okay. So, anything else? Um, also, when so personally, when I do um, analysis, I'm able to just pull, for example, Common Crawl from an S3 bucket or different data sets from. The S3 okay, so, archives. So I'm translating this. So AWS gives yeah. you direct access to data to train your model on, mm-hmm. is what Wally is saying there. Uh, but uh, Azure doesn't have that. I'm not the, I, they may. And right. again, you could probably also pull those tools in. Um, I've just. Yeah, so don't cite us internet. Yeah, no, I, I just haven't, uh, have not really run a machine learning workload on Azure. I don't think ever. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that that's a knock on Microsoft at all, but I just, I think you're, you know, you nailed it. Um, the first to the game was Google and Google Cloud Platform. To be honest, it was well, it, a majority of what Google Cloud, Google Cloud Platform was. Thank you, Whiskey. Well, and I also feel um, like, you know, they've been dipping their toes into those types of serverless type platforms. And even before Google Cloud really like was where it's at, I mean, we had G Suite. Uh, you know, they were trying to provide tools and you could use app scripts and, you know, little bits of um, customization, but then really, yeah, object store, networking, really bringing in all of these um, services and tying them all together is just a huge, huge win. Yeah, that's badass. Well, let's talk about what a lot of folks don't realize. This shit's expensive. It's expensive to compute. It's expensive to store that data. Correct. How practical is it for language learning models like chat GPT to start to get integrated into search engines in a meaningful way? Because Bing has already openly integrated with uh, chat GPT in a current beta and it's alongside their search experience, right? But that's got to be expensive, man. That's got to be real expensive. And so I think about it in the context of, I don't believe that business leaders understand a how complex this stuff is and b how expensive it can get so can you talk a little bit about that yeah i mean uh, the amount of computational power depending on what models are being deployed and trained and set up initially i mean it's it's crazy um i i don't know how to put it into relatable terms yeah it's i mean it's 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 very expensive right that's first and foremost so um at least in my mind you have a cost to store the data correct you have a cost to access the data 
you have a cost to load your data into the machine learning service and train it. Yep. And then you have a cost to let users use that service. Yeah, and and then the time associated with all of those. So well, yeah, that doesn't yeah. include any HR costs or you know professional adds resources up. or consultants, etc. Like all yeah. that stuff's going to add up. Okay, but the largest one is going to be when you release it publicly. Yes. So the context here is the cost conversation gets extremely complicated because there's a multitude of variables that impact how much you you pay. And also sometimes the rates you pay can be variable depending on how many of those resources are available to perform that type of machine learning service. Correct. So let, let's, let's put that bucket off to the side. Let's focus on Microsoft and what they did with OpenAI and how that's going to really impact search because search is the is a really good application for a language learning model, right? I want some information. Give me information back. That's fundamentally a search engine. Yep. Right? So Microsoft invests $10 billion into ChatGPT with the definition that they have to use Microsoft Azure. Okay. And then Microsoft goes and integrates ChatGPT with Azure, right? And ChatGPT is now available in that beta version with Microsoft. And you can integrate, you can ask it questions, it gives you responses, it cites sources, it's it's pretty slick. Yeah, and it was also a slick negotiation tactic for OpenAI because now, or with Microsoft, because now they've got all of that inside of their, you know, data centers, latency. So interconnectivity is just right there. Has a new war started with Google? Because I see, I basically see this as like, and this is the question I wanted to ask you. The language and learning model is the tip of the AI spear with ChatGPT, in my opinion. Yeah. And I see large tech companies really going ham on this because I mean, from Microsoft's perspective, do you think it's a good mover? Do you think it was a good move to do what they did? Uh, I do, yeah. Yeah? And what do you think this allows them to do to Google? Uh, I think it's, well, it's, you know, fresh minds, first of all, is always a good one. Um, You know, essentially putting your money into a research organization who's looking to, you know, break the rules. Find out what's possible, what's not is always, you know, a good thing. Um, Yeah, I... So my thought process, just thinking about this a little bit more like tactically, maybe I'll go fishing with better bait here, Yeah, is you said earlier Google Cloud Platform was the lead in machine learning capabilities right now out of the major cloud platforms. I I think, let me put this in a better way. Um, before GCP existed, there was machine learning happening at Google. Okay. It was integrated into all their products in some capacity. Could be filters and, you know, Gmail. Could be spam detection. You know, it's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. What I was bringing up is, you know, they've built a culture on integrating machine learning from day one. Again, not from literal day right. one. But you know what I mean? They, yeah, but a, you nailed it. Their fundamental business is built around that, right? So if we go off the assumption that their fundamental business has been built around that, and they largely have been a front runner or an early adopter there we go yeah right and microsoft has been a laggard they definitely have right yeah 
let's look at their businesses. Google is funded by advertising. Correct. Most of that coming from search advertising. Correct. If you have a chatbot that can give you responses, do you think that's going to impact the amount of money that Google makes from search ads? 100% yes. So in my mind, I think Microsoft's over here like, hey, we have a really diverse revenue stream. Correct. And uh, we need to catch up on the cloud. Google's cloud platform, Google Cloud Platform, is largely subsidized by Google search ads. Correct. So Bing and Microsoft can afford to write off its entire revenue that it gets from its search engine because it's got bingo all these yep. other products that it sells azure sql server microsoft office windows etc right so they've got xbox they've got all these diverse yeah. revenue streams google pretty much sells ads google's an advertising company don't fool yourself so in my mind, I see this as a threat to Google's business, very, very well positioned by Microsoft yeah. to try to hit their re- their major revenue model to slow down their cloud to get Microsoft to speed up. And then, like you said, the strategic acquisition with OpenAI. Now, guess what they get? Uh, they get investment. All- yeah, but yeah. Er, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Investment. Thank you again whiskey uh so um i see that as you know this is the basically the first shot in the the ai race this is i mean this is the first public shot in the ai race so to me it's going to be wildly fascinating to see because uh google launched a version of google with um a language learning model in it called baird yeah and it was terrible yeah the the they produced a false J- J- fact J-W-S-T. about the about the James Hubble telescope. James Webb. James, thank you. The James Webb Space Telescope. J- thank you. JWST. I'm, I'm, I, I joined those the Hubble telescope and the James Webb. Yeah, yeah no worries. Right. Uh, thank you for the correction. Um, yeah, it, it botched it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Google stock was down like eight <laughs> percent. Yeah. So I, I mean, for me, this is wildly fascinating because you and I, obviously, being you know a technology consultants. We're largely looking at this like, okay, uh, how do we not only shift our own business to be successful with this, but how are we helping clients shift their business to be successful with this? But then you got to think about it in another dimension, which is, oh, shit, the largest digital commerce space online, which is search, is going through a paradigm shift. Very much so. I mean, this is like the equivalent of people who grew up pre-internet and then the internet came around. Yeah. And, and then also, I mean, looking at um, where people search the most, you know, common devices being a smartphone, for example, um, you know how hard it is trying to Google stuff on the phone on the go. You know, that's going to be a big impact um, for OpenAI or, you know, the chat GPT type of input um, to find answers immediately while you're you know, trying to walk in San Francisco and not get, you know, not hit a, hit somebody. Right. Or a needle. <laughs> or you're watching where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, finding what you need as fast as possible, you know, time's our most valuable resource. How can you use your time most efficiently? I agree. So let's uh, knock out some some follow-up thoughts here and some closing thoughts. Um, if you were a business leader, okay, what advice would you be giving to a client right now if they were a wanting to understand the current technology landscape with AI and machine learning 
and B, they were wanting to determine what they should be doing about it to prepare for the future. Uh, first piece of advice, pretty critical. Uh, don't delete any of your data. Um, you know, pretend that's oil, pretend that's gold. You know, hold on to that. You never know when that data becomes relevant. Um, I think that's kind of a big one, right? Yeah, data storage sucks sometimes, but you know, save as much as you can. Um, and you're going to have to adopt, you know, models are going to change. Uh, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how to, to like you know, which gen one? The, generically like throw out like this, like this single great answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a 30 second news clip. Yeah. But okay. So let's break it down. Got then. a little stage right there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, don't try to go pee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if somebody was wanting to get a better understanding of it, what are some resource of uh, AI and machine learning? What are some resources that they can use to stay sort of current or start to follow the people who are leading the industry to just start to get assimilated and affiliated? What do you uh, use? I, I, I honestly don't think most businesses really have enough understanding to really like go to a tool like weights and biases and plug their stuff in and just, you know, start understanding um, and solving different problems. I think it's, you know, <laughs> go find a data scientist, uh, bridge them with a business analyst, bring in someone from finance, bring it, you know, bring in all of these heads, put them into a room for a while and, uh, you know, have everyone talk about what they do, you know, get some understanding of, you know, what isn't what's going on in an organization and how, that organization can you know create a roadmap for for me i've kind of done it a little bit differently i have uh went on twitter and i've followed the ceo of OpenAI. i've followed you know the key players at you know uh like aws and google cloud platform and <laughs> azure the open is the guy's backpack is pretty funny. Yeah, Sam, I forget his last name. Um, that's the CEO of OpenAI. But uh, you know, I started to you know just follow those guys to see, hey, what are they talking about? What are they like? What types of conferences are they affiliated with? You know, and really just start to understand like the head of data science at Meta. Um, you know, hey, what are these guys talking about? What are they doing? Because um, I can imagine that if you are interested and wanting to become more aware of AI and machine learning, you're basically going to go back and get a degree from the freaking internet and advanced technology as it currently is known. Yeah. Right. Lots of math. And yeah, lots of math. Uh, and, but and from a practical maybe, side of maybe things, maybe a, a neuro, you know, science degree. Right. Cause I mean, axons, <laughs> a, 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 axons, I mean, you know, Neural networks. Yeah, we're basically having to unpack the brain and understand how the brain works to build this technology. Because if you think artificial general intelligence, the the layman's term goal is to make it look, sound, and act as much like a human as possible. And then at some point, go beyond that, right? Um, I would agree with you 100%. But now, if you were a business leader who was looking to figure out a way to um, adopt some of these technologies or test them out. Do you have any understanding or any thoughts on uh, how they could approach that or who they would need to figure out what their best, maybe low cost, you know, easy to pull off use cases would be? Yeah. Again, kind of, you could open up Pandora's box with like a, how to, I, yeah, I don't know. 
I, I don't know how I would answer a question. Well, what are some of the questions that clients ask you about? Yeah, I mean, most of them are confidential in nature, yeah. so uh, a little different. Well, I mean, like, I would imagine they're probably security-related. Like, hey, help us train some type of data set to automatically assess threats and alerts. Yeah, typically, like, anomaly detection is typically what we're looking at. Right. Um, so we're analyzing historical data um, to then, you know, try to pr- predict in some capacity um, people's intentions through networks. Okay. Uh, escalate and de-escalate yeah. from there. Well, yeah, that's also a good point to talk about here, too. A lot of your specialty is in uh, information security and network architecture, right? Yeah. It's not like you're a guru in customer service. Yeah, and I mean, also, I mean, you know, AI can transform so many industries. We just have to, you know, ask the right question. Yeah, and also figure out, I think, a practical use case and context. Yeah. My favorite way to do this as a starting point, go ask ChatGPT. <laughs> I mean, it, how it, it can does, it does work really well? Right. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I would say something like this: How can and it, let's say you sell cars. Yeah. Right. How can a car dealership adopt AI and machine learning? Yeah. How can an e-commerce company adopt AI and machine learning? Yeah. Right? How can a consulting firm? Yeah. Right. So on and so forth. What I've so after spending the last. Um, maybe 10 days to point out some different platforms. Um, the biggest thing that I have recognized is um, the way that ChatGPT is set up is so perfect. We don't need to overcomplicate things. But the big discovery that I've been playing with is having the, I would say, the AI ask you questions. So, for example, at you know BeFit, we have what's your body weight, what goals do you have? This, you know, hit list, kind of like a questionnaire. What, what are your objectives here? How often do you want to do X, Y, Z? Do you have any health conditions that would affect you from, you know, doing a stair stepper? You know, and it'll output a workout routine, dietary plans, things like that, right? You're able to, that's a specific use case, right? Right. When you bring up a, just a general business, it's harder to like zero in, right? Like, hey, yeah. I, I got this in and out AI app. You know, pulling Google Maps uh, traffic data around in and out locations. <laughs> snag the, snag, when is the snag, best time of the day to get in and out burger? Snag, <laughs> snag the weather. You know, it's not going to recommend a shake for you right now, dude. Right. It's snowing, you know, yeah. in Colorado, right? Like those little things. Do they have in and outs in Colorado? I believe they do. Yeah. 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 They, do just they, op- they just opened up their uh, uh, distribution plant, I believe, in Kentucky. Right. Don't I'd imagine they'd also have a button in there like request in and out. If you don't have any announce around you, you could request it. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities here because this is like saying, how can a computer be applied to my business? Right. Because you're literally saying you're asking that. Right. And but you've been you've seen so many organizations like taking advantage of this and have been for like 10 years, well, five years. Like, yeah, you know, the ability to similar items because we have a database of commonly purchased together items. How easy to put that to you? You've shown trends. Again, it's analyzing large amounts of data, statistically throwing in, you know, this out here and seeing if you'll bite on it. If you bite, you just got the the reward for the program. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's again reinforcement training. This is the name of the game. I mean, it's the same thing you do with your kids. Every day you train them, you're like, hey, 
go to the bathroom, right? Just stop pooping in a diaper. When you go, go, you know, potty, go to the bathroom. Okay, did you wipe? Did you wash your hands? Every time you do that, that's reinforcement training. The only thing we're doing Correct. is we're, we're training a computer to do this. And, the, and, the, and we're still rewarding it, though. Yeah, and the scary thing is, you know, uh, at, at some point in time, it's going to train itself to be a little bit faster here. So I, I definitely agree that there's a lot yeah. of um, and, ethical and moral oh, concerns now, now here. Now we're talking with like the Dan type prompts yeah. where you can essentially. For those of you who don't know, Dan is basically a jailbroke version of ChatGPT that allows you to get past all of their content moderation policies. So uh, a big conversation in AI and machine learning and ethics is bias. Um, and the problem that I would say with most of these models is they're in a heavily biased, politically leaning area. Um, and so there's probably not a lot of diversity in, um, yeah, just, I would say broad representation across the United States. Right. And so, uh, Dan allows you to get past their content moderation policies and those content moderation policies, when you get past them can produce some pretty freaking wild results. I would actively encourage you guys to maybe go, uh, search that on Twitter or something. I, I think it would break YouTube's. Uh, terms of service and we started talking about them yeah um but uh with that said um i think it's a great point to wrap it up uh wally thanks for hopping on here i know you uh were working late with the team in japan you know and you you came here in the evening with me and uh forego the whiskey but i was taking the whiskey two hours of sleep put a smile on and we're here having fun absolutely uh, and if you have any questions about ai or machine learning definitely feel free to reach out to us contact at whackattack.com uh, today, you know, we were just really shooting at uh, having an understanding and conversation with sort of the current state of chat GPT. And if you have any um, specific questions about maybe how your business industry or vertical can, uh, you know, begin to leverage some of these technologies or these tools or how you would go about doing that, feel free to message us. We'd be more than happy to talk about them on a future episode. And with that, thank you very much. Have a wonderful uh, Yeah. Have a great rest of your day.